Okay, Mike, what do we have to dig into this week? Well, I was going to plan to focus our time on Tom Lavero's recent comments on Twitter. Tom's a partner at IVP, and a few weeks back, he took the Twitterverse by storm as he predicted a mass extinction event coming for early and mid-stage companies. Going on to say that late 2023 and 2024 will make the 2008 financial crisis look quaint for startups. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're we're going to go there today? You know what, Michael? Scratch that. We aren't. Because I'll tell you what, <laughs> I, I just can't, honestly. I, I refuse to focus on anything <laughs> negative today, if I'm being honest. I'm just not going to do it. So I'm not saying he's wrong or right. I don't know. But you know what, Michael? I'm going to change plans here. No, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about good vibes only today, if you're cool with that. Oh, yeah, that sounds great with me. (laughs) Completely cool with good vibes this week. So what kind of good vibes do we get into? All right. How about instead, let's take a trip to Rotterdam, the large metropolitan seaport city in the Netherlands. I would love to take a trip to Rotterdam. Well, it's not going to be a literal trip. I I do wish we could do that, but we're going to talk about something that I think is pretty cool. We're going to dig in on the future of mobility and talk about how Rotterdam fits into all of that. All right. Love it. We'll get into all that right after we roll the intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. But first, a big thank you goes out to our sponsors for the show. And so before we get started, let's hear from those sponsors who help make Rocketship possible. As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. 
This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Okay, so the future of mobility is in Rotterdam, and that's Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Is that right? Yeah, well, you know what? We're seeing some very interesting projects getting underway, and it's actually where the Future Mobility Network is based, which is a consulting firm that envisions the future of transportation, which ties in scientists, local government, and industry, and they develop new forms of mobility. Now, at this Future Mobility Network, there's a Future Mobility Park where they have a fleet of nine self-driving shuttles, four delivery robots, three autonomous ferries, even a self-driving garbage bin. And all of that sort of gives us this glimpse of what the future of mobility may actually look like for people in big cities and maybe even smaller neighborhoods. Okay, so we're talking self-driving garbage bins? I mean... Actually makes sense. Hey, I'll tell you what, when I went to visit my old college at Bowling Green State University uh, just a few months back, I remember taking my son to a football game and a hockey game. I actually saw these autonomous little mini robots driving around and they were delivering takeout to students on campus. So, hey, if we can have food delivery robots, yeah, why not self driving garbage bins, right? <laughs> Very true. Very true. Anyway, here's a CNN Tech for Good segment that aired just a couple months ago. And in this segment, you're going to hear from Iris Roosh, uh, Director of Spatial Strategies at the Future Mobility Network in Rotterdam. Rotterdam, the second largest city in the Netherlands and a major port city. Here, bicyclists exist alongside public transit. And electric vehicle adoption is among the highest in the world. With mobility, you can really reach specific goals. You can reach some challenges. You can make impact. On her daily commute to the office, that impact is front of mind for 27-year-old Iris Rouse, the director of the Future Mobility Network. A consulting firm affiliated with the Delft University of Technology and founded in 2016 that connects scientists, local government, and industry to develop new forms of mobility. The overall mission of the Future Mobility Network is to make cities more green, more livable, sustainable and also safe. And we do this by implementing new technologies and not only implementing that but also testing. Those tests take place at the company's so-called Future Mobility Park in Rotterdam, where self-driving shuttles, delivery robots and a smart intersection offers a glimpse into the next iteration of transport. What is so special about this intersection is that it has sensors, cameras, to let these vehicles communicate with each other. At the Future Mobility Park, we invite the next generation to meet with these new technologies, to get inspired. 
the Future Mobility Park. I like the sound of it. And actually, in the CNN segment, you literally see these autonomous vehicles making their way through the intersection. Some large vehicles like vans and others, while there's also those small little delivery robots you were talking about, Mike. Yeah, and and they're all autonomous, right? They're all operating on their own. Yet with the sensors that are set up, they're also essentially communicating with each other. And while this is happening in this future mobility park, essentially a testbed for experimenting and innovating with mobility technologies, you can imagine the real world implications for this in the future. Today, we think of autonomous vehicles. Our mind probably goes something like Tesla, right? And their self-driving functionalities. But in the future, autonomous vehicles could include service vehicles, garbage trucks, snow plows, street sweepers, or even buses and other forms of mass transportation. Or heck, even delivery robots, right? Not All not necessarily even functioning on their own, but actually communicating with each other in order to maximize the experience for everybody involved. And there are all sorts of projects out there that kind of tested this future mobility park. Isn't that right? Yeah. Like, for instance, smart zones. Smart. I I haven't heard of smart zones. Yes. Think curbside parking spots, but with digital tools that can allow them to be used in various ways. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, probably not explaining it all that well, but let's go right to the source. <laughs> we're going to go back to that CNN segment, and we're going to hear from Iskander Tanje. Now, he's the CEO and co-founder of Coding the Curbs, and he talks about this project that's happening there at the park. We make public space more dynamic and adaptive by covering it with a digital layer. Because what we notice in cities all over the globe, the space is very static and monofunctional. So this used to be an unloading bay or a parking spot, but we want to change this. We turned it into a smart zone. And a smart zone is a place that can have different functions throughout the day. So it can become a parking spot at certain time slots, but it can also be an unloading bay or even room for terraces in the weekends. You use our software platform, our app, to book this. And our hardware here, the sign, shows who is allowed to use it and at what time frame. So think of it this way, just like say at a co-working space, you might see a row full of meeting rooms and maybe on the outside of those meeting rooms, there's a little video screen that says, you know, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. reserved by Mike Belsito. Well, you might see certain curbside parking spots with similar signs and video screens. And maybe from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., it's a parking spot. But from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., it's an unloading zone. And from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., it's reserved for a street vendor to sell their wares, a little pop-up shop. And maybe from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m., it's reserved for outdoor seating for the nearby restaurant who puts up tables for alfresco diners. That's really cool. We actually pitched this idea to the city of San Diego way back in the day. But it was just sensors to see if a car was parked so you could have more efficient parking. This is so much better, and it actually makes sense. So look, it's it's a still essentially a curbside parking spot, right, at the end of the day. But this is a good example of how you don't necessarily have to build flying cars or hoverboards in order to reimagine how we approach mobility. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a it's a cool way of thinking of something that maybe people don't think of as, as being an innovative thing, but actually adding some innovation to make the experience better for everybody. And and look, you could still experiment with the really cool things too, like autonomous captainless ferries. Uh, let's go back to that CNN <laughs> tech for good segment where we'll hear again from Iris Roosh. With nearly a third of the Netherlands lying below sea level, 
Technology for traversing bodies of water is just as necessary as street-level mobility. Last year, Rouse and her team launched an autonomous ferry, which is operated remotely. We actually don't need a captain aboard. And here in the Netherlands, it's quite of a problem that the ferries that we used to have are not there anymore because of the, the money that a captain costs. The video is pretty cool. It essentially looks like these floating boxed platforms, but they're ferrying people across the river with their bicycles. And, you know, look, I live in Cleveland, Ohio. You know, we have major parts of our city segmented by the Cuyahoga River. I could absolutely see something like this working here too. We should pause here for a short break, but afterwards we'll learn more about other mobility issues happening in Rotterdam. Okay, so before the break, we're hearing about how the future of mobility happens to be in Rotterdam, Netherlands. At least that's where a lot of the really cool mobility projects are happening right now. Yeah, we, we heard about the home for some of these projects uh, taking place at the Future Mobility Park essentially a living lab for all sorts of mobility technologies. But really, there are lots of things happening in Rotterdam, even outside of that future mobility park. Okay, like? Well, first, how about a little bit of a history lesson, Michael? Do you know the background behind the name of the city, Rotterdam? Actually, I think I do. I think the history of it is that it was literally a dam that sat on the river that runs through the city that being the River Rock. Yeah, that's actually right on, Michael. Well, did you know there's actually a tunnel underneath the Moss River in Rotterdam? I actually did not know that. It's true, and that tunnel actually helps people with bicycles pass through. Here's a clip from the Bicycle Dutch with a bit of history on that tunnel. The tunnel for motor traffic, cycling, and walking was originally opened in 1942. When you're in the cycling tunnel, you don't realize there's a car tunnel right besides you because the two tunnels have a totally different access point. Nowadays, around 5,000 people cycle through the tunnel on a working day. That was a lot more in the early years. This was one of the very few ways to cross the river in the past. That made this tunnel the place where the working class of Rotterdam crossed the mass to get to work. So... Fascinatingly, this underground tunnel that actually goes underneath the river mass, it's not new. It's decades old. It, it sounds like something that would be made, you know, today, you know, to be innovative when it comes to approaching mobility. But this is actually a testament to how Rotterdam was actually a city that was always approaching mobility in maybe a different way than the rest of the world. And actually, even though this tunnel has been around for decades, there's actually been an increase in bicycle use and a decrease in the use of cars within the city over the last few years. And this trend is actually the result of efforts made by the city towards emission-free mobility. Here's Jan Rothmans, professor of sustainable transmissions at the University of Rotterdam. It's quite important that we in the Netherlands meet the climate targets that we agreed on in Paris in 2015. That means that we need to reduce carbon dioxide by 50% in the next 10 years. That is a real, real challenge. And 30% of the CO2 comes from transport and 20% comes from car traffic. So in Rotterdam, we stimulate people to use more sustainable forms of mobility. The city is raising awareness of various clean alternatives to short car rides. For example, Rotterdammers can use different electric shared vehicles or public transport or hop on their bikes, of course. I like to use shared vehicles because they're always around and always available, so that's easy for me. 
Through this program, the City of Rotterdam works to promote emission-free motorized transport. For example, the City is purchasing electric vehicles for its own fleet and working together with the logistics sector to introduce a zero-emission zone for City logistics by 2025. To encourage people to switch to emission-free transport, the City of Rotterdam will be rolling out a robust and efficient network of public charging points. Local air quality is improving. Good news for the health of all Rotterdammers. And carbon emissions in the city are decreasing too, which can help us counter climate change. The city of Rotterdam is saying goodbye to fossil fuels. And really, all of this, it's important, whether it's these tech-forward projects happening at the Future Mobility Lab or even just unique approaches like an underwater bicycle tunnel or this approach to saying goodbye to fossil fuels. They are all an effort to make the city a better place to live. Yes. And, you know, let's go back to that CNN Tech for Good segment. We're going to hear from Iris Rush once again, as well as Dr. Lynette Shea, Associate Professor at the Singapore University of Technology and Design. So when thinking about the future city, I really dream a lot about it. And what I see then is a city where there's lots of green, where I see children play, where there's no any form of unsafe environments, where there is delivery drones delivering medicine to people, but also these self-driving pods making sure my grandma can also go to the grocery store. So that's really what I'm envisioning all the time when thinking of this future city. Every year, the innovations are always appearing <laughs> in the space of mobility. While we have autonomous vehicles coming, automation coming, electric vehicles coming, how innovations are going to be used is going to be very important. There's always a role for researchers and different groups to come together to solve mobility problems. Okay, let's take one more quick break, and we'll be right back to wrap things up. Before the break, we learned about how one major port city in the Netherlands, Rotterdam, was approaching the future of mobility in some pretty unique ways. They're already experimenting with technologies that we may end up seeing implemented in a widespread way in the future. But what else might that future look like? Well, if you ask the consultants, they do have some answers. Okay, uh, which consultants though? You know what? Pick a consultant, Michael, any consultant, because <laughs> pretty much any major consulting firm out there, Deloitte, KPMG, McKinsey, they all have their own perspective on what the future of mobility is gonna look like for everybody. Uh, seriously? Um, KPMG, what do they have to say about it? Okay, we'll, we'll pick KPMG. Let's, let's hear what they have to say. Here's their prediction on what's to come. Instead of paying separately for fuel, tickets and travel cards, consumers will be able to buy integrated mobility contracts from new and different service providers. Not only will these providers benefit from a much wider sales opportunity, but the experience for the consumer will be easier and more joined up. Indeed, the concept of personally owning a vehicle and having to have a driving license to operate one may become redundant too. So that soon, the way a car functions will be unrecognizable. Electric, powered, autonomous, driverless, shared. A fully functioning digital environment. Hi, Henry. Hi, Katie. Ready for school? All right. I don't know how I feel about the jarring robot asking my kids if they're ready for school. Yeah, maybe that part isn't necessarily the future I want to see, but uh, they do have more thoughts, this time on what public transportation could look like. The way we use public mobility will change too. Workspace, 
Whether passengers want to prepare for that nine o'clock meeting, a bit of me time, or simply want filtered clean air. And when our cars are connected seamlessly to our digital selves, they'll be able to help coordinate our day-to-day -day lives and keep us fit and healthy too. Morning, Henry. Straight to golf, George. Yes, please. Though I need to speak to the GP on the way. Holla Porter in, will you? Hello, George. Hi, Alice. All fit and healthy, I assume? I'm afraid not, George. Your blood pressure is above 140. So, no golf? No, you'll just need to pick up your meds from the pharmacist beforehand. Okay, what is it with the future of mobility involving these, like, creepy robot voices? <laughs> well, we did just do an episode on how Bing's AI got a little creepy with a journalist, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All kidding aside, could you envision AI platforms embedded into the vehicles that we're using and maybe conversations like this one, they're not so crazy to think about? Yeah, I mean, hey, KPMG doesn't think that those conversations would be so crazy. And they also think that we're going to see shifts in not just mobility, but in the business models that will power this mobility. Let's go back to their predictions for the future of mobility right here. We will see shifts in traditional business models we expect to see two very different business archetypes existing side by side. So-called metalsmiths will continue to follow the current model of manufacturing ever more sophisticated hardware, the cars themselves. Meanwhile, an all-new archetype, the Gridmaster, will arise. The successful Gridmaster is not only a vehicle manufacturer, they also provide the platform for a variety of customer services. This means, as well as seamless travel from A to B, they can offer consumer-centric products and services by harvesting and using data at the customer interface. Think of this approach as basically being the app store for mobility. Yes, you can buy your car, but if you want an AI assistant who can automatically suggest route changes along the way, maybe there's an app for that. Yeah, it, it's an interesting thought for sure. And if you want to check out all of these, you could look up KPMG on YouTube. Their video is called Mobility 2030 Beyond Transportation. And it's interesting to check it out along with all those other consulting groups I referenced before. And, and yeah, I mean, they all have something to say about it. Okay, so maybe we should put out a Rocket Ship FM edition. As long as we don't have to include those creepy robot voices. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Anyway, we should probably wrap things up now, but I guess we'll have to revisit this episode in 2030, 2040. <laughs> I guess we can do that, but until then, <laughs> for Michael Saka, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.